Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, the found the the telephone and electricity line here described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Murder. The smallest detail can break a case wide open. On September 30th, 1953, a man was born who, thanks to a strange drinking habit, would be connected to the worst serial murder in Oregon history. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Dayton Leroy Rogers, born September 30, 1953, had a criminal background dating all the way back to when he was just 16 years old and was caught shooting at passing cars trying to see if he could break a windshield. He stabbed his 15-year-old girlfriend when he was 19 years old, pleaded guilty to second-degree assault, and was placed on a four-year probation. A year later, in 1974, he attacked two girls with a beer bottle, and after a judge found him not guilty by reason of insanity, was committed to an Oregon State Hospital. He was let out nine months later, got married in 1975, and that same year, raped an 18-year-old girl. While waiting for his trial, he assaulted two more teen girls, raping one of them, but again pleaded not guilty because of his mental disease. He was acquitted on both attacks, but did serve five years for two counts of coercion. He was paroled in 1982. Basically, he had a long history of violent attacks towards women, so it was no surprise when his problems continued and escalated. On August 7, 1987, locals dining at a Denny's in Clackamas County, Oregon, were shocked to see a woman fall from a truck, bloodied and covered in stab wounds. While some tended to her, and another called police and began relaying what they saw, a handful jumped into their cars and attempted to block in the driver who was responsible for the attack. He was able to escape the parking lot, but was pursued by a witness all the way through Milwaukee, Gladstone, Oregon City, and Canby at speeds up to 100 miles per hour before finally ending up in the driveway of his home. The witness took down the address, went to a phone, and reported everything. Unfortunately, the woman, Jennifer Lisa Smith, did not survive the attack and died later in the hospital. Police were able to trace the information given by the witnesses, which brought them to an auto repair business belonging to Dayton Rogers. They questioned him, and he, of course, gave some bogus story. But the information they had against him was enough to not only arrest him for murder, but impound his car and search his home. While the witness statements were enough for the arrest, investigators wanted to make sure that they had enough to ensure a conviction. In his truck, they found blood, DNA and fingerprints belonging to Jennifer Smith, and an unknown plastic green band. Jennifer was a known sex worker, so they began questioning fellow girls asking if Dayton was a customer. Several came forward, stating that not only was he a habitual John, but was known for some strange and often brutal requests. His requests almost always involved bondage, often dipping into torture, and sometimes mutilation. 
He also had a thing for feet, cutting the heels of some women, and when Jennifer was found in the parking lot, she was barefoot. And one last bit of information was relayed to police. Dayton was known by many to buy small plastic containers of orange juice and airplane shots of vodka to make his own screwdrivers. The containers with the green tops and green bands, which explain the plastic found in his vehicle. Now, while all of this was happening and Dayton was safely tucked away in jail, on August 31st, a man stumbled upon the decomposing body of a female in the Molala Forest. The police were called, and by September 5th, the body count was up to seven. Each body was nude, decomposing, stabbed, tortured, feet severed or broken off, and about 100 yards from one another. As police worked to identify the women, they noticed the ground was littered with small containers of orange juice with green lids and mini vodka bottles. So, police began focusing their investigation on Dayton Rogers. Eventually, six of the seven bodies were identified. Their names were Lisa Mock, 23, Maureen Hodges, 26, Christine Adams, 35, Non de Cervantes, 26, Raytha Gales, 16, and Cynthia DeVore, 21. All of these women, from what police were finding out, were sex workers employed by Dayton Rogers. He would take them to secluded areas, tie them up and torture them throughout the night, doing things like removing their feet and slashing at their bodies while still alive before eventually murdering them. Dayton Rogers was tried and sentenced to life with the possibility of parole in September of 1998 for the crimes against Jennifer Smith, claiming he acted in self-defense after she held a knife to his throat. Then in 1989, his trial for the Malala Forest killings began and he was this time sentenced to death. However, the Oregon Supreme Court vacated the sentence and remanded a new trial on three separate occasions. The first was in 1992, the second in 2000, and the third in 2015, all three ending in another death sentence. He remains on death row and, according to his lawyer, would waive all of his appeals if they would just commute him to life in prison. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on October 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.